y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're on season eight, and we have a special guest for episode two. And his name, if you guys have not heard of him before, is Mr. Manuel Reyes. He's an actor, a songwriter, and a husband. He's best known as the lead singer of the Christian hip-hop group named Group One Crew. He's a five-time Dove Award-winning um, group member who has an infectious um, hip-hop and pop sound that he has been able to be one of those front members for Christian music. Manuel Reyes is not only limited to singing and songwriting, like most singers in the industry, Manuel also appeared in a couple of films and shows. His first appearance as an actor was on Mom's Night Out in 2014. Manuel was also a fashion tastemaker slash host for an original show called The Collective, where he was charged with the duty of finding the newest trends in fashion and music. After two years, he then again appeared in another drama movie, Restored Me. Aside from acting, he is also fond about blogging as well as doing podcasts, and he has his own podcast, which is called Nights at the Round Table, which focuses on religion, relationship, and love. And we thank Mr. Manuel for making time to be here on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, bro. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited. I, I just love your music, and I love what you stand for, Manuel, and I'm just so glad you agreed to be on the show. And so I had some questions that I created that I wanted to ask you. And if you're ready, we can kind of get straight into them. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. So the first question I have is um, based on a song that you might know, I Want the Money. So if you inherited $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend that money on? Ah, 10 mil. Well, me and my wife have a giving account where we put aside like five, ten percent of money to give away to charities. So that'll be the first thing I do um, to help people out. And then what I would do with the rest is uh, take about three mil and put it in a crowdfunding account that my friend has and buying commercial real estate. And then the rest I would use to a million in safety funds and then the rest put into real estate and to build communities. Oh, I like that, man. Well, see, I love the mm -hmm. way you think because I feel like it's just so important to be able to give back, but just also just kind of having a vision for where the money could go. I mean, who knows? You may not have to inherit it. You might just make it just from your career alone. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. That's the goal. That is the goal. So kind of speaking of family, I know your wife, does she still do, um, is she still a comedian as well? Yeah. yeah okay. Full-time touring comedian. Extremely successful. Like she's, she's legit. She is legit. I'm so proud of her. She's been touring now for like 15 years. Wow. That's mm -hmm. amazing. All right. So I have another question for you. So this is ain't nothing better than this. So what was a turning point in your life? Something that stood out to you that was like a big turning point for you? And the second part of that question is who influenced you to become the artist that we love today? Man, so I think there was a couple turning points for me. One being when my, uh, when I was like, if I, if I needed to take it back, when I came here from Germany, um, I had my first, rude awakening that was uh sometimes people 
um, judge you for all the wrong things. So when I came here from Germany, I got made fun of a lot when I was in uh, elementary school and people would call me Hitler and all this stuff. So I, I literally like hid that part of my life. Um, even though I was very proud of being from Germany, like I loved it, but I hid a part of myself because I was getting made fun of and that immediately let me know that, man, people aren't always going to understand you or parts of you. Uh, and then the second biggest shake would be when my homeboy got shot in, in high school, kind of changed the whole trajectory of my life. And that's when I found God because it was like, man, I'm, I'm either going to end up shot or in jail like my other homeboy. So it was like, it was only a matter of time you know, for me, because I was doing all the same things that these kids were doing. So it was, that was a massive wake up. It's like, man, my friend's in prison. My, my other friend is in the hospital because he got shot. My girlfriend broke up with me because she found out how I made my money, which was all illegal. And, and it was just like, all this happened like in two months. And so that was a massive shift. That's what made me start going to church. And so that completely changed my life and sent me in a trajectory that you know was amazing and, then and I think man well you made a really good point I want to kind of share um based on what you just said is that I had um one of my best friends actually was murdered um there was a gang that was being initiated in the area where I lived and I'll never forget that afternoon, I would normally walk home and I always walked down the same street. And this was the one day I chose not to walk down that street and he did. And so I, I just, you know, I always think of those moments of like how things could have been different or shifted. And then I had another friend that had leukemia who passed away at 15 years old. Um, and I just never forget that moment because he was one of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. And, he, and I just never forget looking at his mom's face and, and how hard that was being at that funeral. But it definitely shifted me because I ended up being able to look at life from a different perspective, but also appreciate what I had. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, like you come so close to not only realizing who you really are when you're around the real thing, you know, like me being around my homeboys, there was like legit about that life uh, kind of woke me up to the fact that I'm not like, I'm not that I'm not this heartless person that can just do anything to anyone and act like it's okay. You know, like the homies that I was hanging around with, I'm talking about cats that were like, these dudes will fight cops, shoot at cops. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they were just no remorse. They would just walk up to you, hit you, take your chain and just laugh. And I would laugh like under my breath, but in my heart, I was like, damn, that is so not okay. So I knew that my time was limited on fronting like that. Like I just wasn't me. I had too much of a heart for people. So it that really changed the way I saw everything. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm super grateful. And then my other transition would obviously be when I got married, which was, that, that in itself is, is an insane change for anybody who is married. And I'm, I'm going on 12 years now, so. 
congratulations on that, Manuel. But I do want to share, like you said, of just going through those challenges. I think that helped reshape you as a human being. But I think for many people who especially are trying to build that spiritual connection, they can look at your story and be able to learn a lot from it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. It's been it's been working up until now, you know. Like I'm very much a type of person that wants to be incredibly authentic, and I don't really, I don't really hide anything. I'm the first to call myself out whenever I do something stupid or whenever I have done something stupid. Like I'm not waiting for an old tweet from 2012 to come up to blow my spot up. Like I'm. I'm gonna blow my own spot up. So that's like in my in my podcast, it's one of my practices. Like the second I get a revelation of like things that I have done and ways that I have acted that was out of character of like what real love is and who I believe now who really God is, I have to call myself out. I have to blow up my own spot because it's a it's important for me, a self-aware man, to say, yo, you suck here, here, and here. And you're, you're doing so much better grow, moving forward. Like you're growing the type of person you're becoming, you can be proud of as opposed to who I was before. And that, you know, most people are, find uh, telling on yourself a sign of weakness. Like you'll, if you expose yourself, then you'll make yourself weaker to whoever it is that's listening. Where for me, I've always had the mentality of if I expose myself, in detail, then I'm going to be able to reach farther because those unique details of, of my exposition is, is going to hit somebody who's going to be like, holy crap, I think the exact same way or that exact same thing happened to me as opposed to being broad in general. So it's kind of how I live my life, man. Not afraid of anything or, or just being that guy who can admit I was wrong. And it wasn't always like that. I used to have a massive amount of pride. It was just like, I don't want to be wrong. I thought being wrong was being weak as well. What well, kind of goes and this really goes into my next question, actually. We'll like roll with the punches, which is another song that you know a lot about. But what has been one of the most important lessons you say you've learned thus far just in your career in music? Well, like you mentioned before, I had a Christian deal. I've had two record deals, Christian, and then I had a, a normal mainstream deal. And the biggest thing I learned about my Christian deal is the Christian industry is not really a Christian industry. There's Christians within the industry, but it is not a Christian industry. It's just a normal industry like everything else. It's run by numbers, money, and that doesn't mean it's evil or bad. It's just the impression I got when I went into it was, oh, this is, everything's going to be done by prayer and, and God. And it was not that. <laughs> Everything was done by, are you, do you have a hit record? Are you doing well on radio? If so, you get the tour. If not, you stay your butt at home, which is a strong juxtaposition when you think you're doing something for God and it's not quote unquote successful. That's like a hard thing to really compute in your mind because you're you're putting yourself within this industry that has a standard of success and and failure a standard that god doesn't have like he doesn't use the same metrics but yet this industry is called a christian industry when if christ was around he wouldn't even subscribe to any of the of the things that they use to judge artists like this is supposed to be a free-flowing thing so i learned 
the first thing was that. The second thing was authenticity will take you the farthest amount. Like when I was with my second deal in, uh, in uh, Capitol Records in LA, we had this whole image that we were doing in this band called Pandas and it was cool. It was dope, but we needed other people to create the, the, uh, the mystique, right? So what I realized was I'm always going to have to have these people around in order to continue this type of artistry. And I found that to be very, you know, the opposite of authentic because everything that was going on that was cool, I didn't like, but this is how we were being packaged to be cool or to be relevant. And so when I got out of that deal and I kept doing music myself, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try just this insane authenticity and not, I'm just going to be me to the fullest so that that way, if there's any fan base that rocks with me, they're going to rock with me because they genuinely like me, not a version of me, but me. And it's been the best decision I ever could have done because now I don't I just don't feel the weight of having to be somebody I just can't I exist and, and that's a strong feeling you know it's free freedom and people can accept that or, or choose to reject it but like you said because you're gaining insight into yourself it makes it easier for you to be able to be man well and then people can can learn to love and and find comfort in knowing that hey this guy that's on stage this guy that's recording this is someone who I want to get to know because he is genuine. And I think that's a hard thing to find in any industry, especially in the entertainment industry. It can be a I, hard I think it's a hard thing to find in people, like just in general. Like there's this insane amount of fear of just being who you are because you've been rejected one too many times. You've been uh, passed over one too many times. You know, there's, I, I coach people on the side. I coach um, men and, and females, a lot, of, a lot more females. And when I see the extent of which they go through to, to try to find love, I'm like, man, these people have no idea who they are or who they really want to be. And they, they have a lot of misconceptions of what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a strong, independent woman. And I, I get to talk to people and coach people who are just like trying to find the answer of who they are. And authenticity is usually the last thing that they're looking for. You know, they're saying they want to be authentic, but the amount of influence that they have and how they're acting out in life is based on societal norms. Oh, this is what society is saying is a strong woman, as opposed to asking yourself, well, what do I think is a strong woman? And what do I think is a strong man? What does it mean to be strong? What is it, you know what I'm saying? Like these like very existential questions that we've been asking ourselves since the beginning of time. It's like, if you ask a lot of people these questions, they won't have answers. They can tell you what our society means as a strong woman. That's easy because it's being shoved in your face. This is a strong woman. This is a boss bitch. This is a high value man, you know? Gotta have money, car, this, this. This means you're winning. In our society, this means you're losing. Very few people have actually sat back and been like, well, what is winning to me? What is losing to me? And usually it takes life slapping you over the head 
to to even approach the question and that's kind of like what i help people accomplish and it's it is not an easy task it's extremely difficult and i can truly understand how hard that could be but i think you make a great point about that it's a lot of introspective work that you have to be able to be willing to do and then also being emotionally aware of the choices and the people we surround ourselves with because that plays a, a, a huge role and how we view others and ourselves if when you actually do the work and you're willing to make those changes you can you can actually accept how to like myself before loving myself and then learning to love other people um i think that takes a lot of time and effort and you have to be willing to make that change as well and it takes a lot of humility because a lot of you know the, where our society is at now it's it's turned up like the the tension is turned up and it's usually people on each side thinking that they're right about something and then the other person is wrong about something. And I think what has helped me to You're right. get past ego is to, again, call myself out on all the times that I have been wrong where I swore I was right. Like I just did it in my last coaching session because I was coaching a girl and she says, I feel different about this one right my mind i'm assessing the situation this person is still with somebody else you're totally on a date with somebody else's man he's telling you he doesn't want to be there and that he's never met anybody like you i'm like this sounds like the cliche movie of the husband that's not going to leave his wife but you're telling me you have a special feeling about this one <laughs> so in my mind i'm like <laughs> bruh, you're going to get played. But what I say is, you know what? In all my years of coaching women, I was wrong one time and that wasn't a brag. It wasn't like, oh, I'm always right. It's just usually these, these uh, relationships show patterns. And nine times out of 10, if these patterns exist in all these relationships, you already know the outcome. Um, but I was wrong one time and the girl ended up marrying the dude who was totally playing her out. Now, whether or not the marriage is awesome or not, that's neither here nor there. But I was 1000% wrong because I told her run away from this dude and she ended up getting married and they appear to be extremely happy. So I'm going to take that L and now moving forward, I have to preface every situation with, hey, I've been wrong before. I'm going to tell you what I think, but I've been wrong before. So at the end of the day, trust your gut if you really feel like this is the move, you know what I'm saying? But I had to get to the place where I was humble enough to be like, yo, you are not always right. You have been wrong a lot. And if you can't accept that, then you're going to continue to go around and acting with this air of I'm always right. I'm always right. And you're going to try to out argue everybody as opposed to being safe and being wrong because you're a human and you're fallible. And then you don't have any of the pressure of having to be right all the time. And it's way better on this side. It's way, <laughs> it's way better because now you don't have to worry about people like gunning for you. Like, oh, I can't wait till he's wrong because I'm going to point it out. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll point it out first. Let me point it out first. <laughs> so you know that I don't think I'm all that in a bag of chips. Don't get me wrong. I think I know a lot because life has taught me a lot. And, I, and I'm a good listener. And I'm a good student of life. So I, I, I think my batting average is definitely more wins than losses. 
But that does not matter. The fact that I've been wrong proves that I can be wrong in any other moment. So at the end of the day, I give my opinion, I give my thoughts, but you do whatever you feel is great for you because you're the one that's going to have to live with the consequences, not me. Well, man, well, I love that you say that because I know I struggle with that sometimes as a counselor, like, because when I'm given a suggestion, a lot of times people go immediately into this is a hard and fast rule and this is what it has to be. And my statement is always, you know, I'm here to meet you at where you are. I can't change your perspective or your purview of what you're experiencing. If this is how you feel, then that's the stage of change that you're in. I can't change that. But I can give you insight and I can give you a recommendation and suggestions. And ultimately, um, legally, I can't advise you, but I can suggest these are things you can do to kind of work on yourself. And if that person is not in that stage where they want to accept it or, or they reject what you're saying, a lot of times that can be um, a factor of maybe abandonment or alienation that they've experienced in the past. And they're feeling you're very similar to the other person, or they can be a transference or counter transference issue where you have to be aware of checking yourself before you actually even get into that forum of discussion. So I feel like, you know, in your realm, like you said, what you deal with and you experience is very similar to what I experience. that we have to be open-minded, but you also have to remember it's, it's that person's journey and, and it's not our job to drive them into their road to recovery or into life or to spirituality or to love, like whatever they're choosing to do is their choice because we have free will, but we also have to be aware that we also don't want to influence it and, and create our own biases based on our own experiences, because that does, it plays a huge role in, in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I always tell people like, I don't, I don't want to give you answers. I'm just going to ask as many questions as I, as I can till you find the answer. It's like the Socratic method. It's something that I fell in love with from the beginning. Cause I firmly believe that everybody knows what they should and shouldn't do. Like they have the answers inside of them because everybody is an intelligent person and no one knows you more than you. So the answer is inside of you. My job is just to get all the bullshit out of the way. All the lies you tell yourself, all the uh, systems that you have built, the habits that you have built, the bad habits that have now become personality traits because they've been wired into your DNA from doing them so long. So my job is to just get you to the place where you can at least acknowledge that your, your batting average is not good. And it's based on the way you think. If you can change the way you think, you can increase your batting average. And it's, it's so simple, but you're dealing like what you said. You're dealing with people that suffer from the trauma and, and different things that have happened to them that have now dictated more so where I feel people are walking in survival mentality. Like, how do I get through this life and survive? Survive heartbreak, survive uh, love, survive uh, providing for myself. I just need to survive. And when we break ourselves down to that basic instinct, usually that ends up decisions are made out of emotions. That's why you always hear people say, I feel like da 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 And I always stop people when they say that. And I'm like, okay, you feel like that. Now, what is, mm -hmm. what is, what is actually happening? Because your, right. your feeling is going to change all the time. Unless you can provide some kind of evidence that backs up your feelings, then, then that's called intuition. Like, you, you know what you're talking about at that point. 
I feel like people do this more than this. Well, why do you feel that way? Because I saw the latest stats and it says that people do this more than this. Okay. Well, that's a, a spot on feeling. That feeling is actually a fact. But most people use the feeling because they have an impression of what the world is and they're feeling their way through it, which is why a lot of the decisions are, are not going well for them. Mm-hmm. So it's... In a- I, I agree with that, man. Well, I was going to say, like, a lot of people also think from the back part of their brain, which is that the id part, and yep. and they're not able to get to the prefrontal cortex, the front part, which is the executive functioning, the decision making. It's hard for people to find that that way of navigating. And I always like to talk mm-hmm. about, like, neuroplasticity is when we have our neurons in our brain, like, it rejuvenates normally within a 90-day period. So you do have the opportunity to hit the reset button and start changing that wave yeah. pattern. But a lot of times when, when those starts are being cycled through, I always tell people it's kind of like a blender. Like some people press it on high and they're just like making fast paced, ruminating thoughts, pressure speech, you know, impulsivity is ruling their life. And then when the consequences happen, it's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm dealing with this now. What, how do I manage and get out of it? And it gets stuck in that fight or flight mode. And sometimes we can just freeze or be like a fawn and we don't have to continuously go down these destructive patterns. But it kind of leads into my next question for you, which I think might be great for us to learn more about. How do you manage like your work life as well as managing like your family life? How do you to kind of decipher that and, and make it work for yourself? I mean, I used to be horrible at it. I used to be really bad at it. Like the first year of my marriage, I was on tour. Like, it was crazy. Like, I literally was on tour the whole first year. And my wife was like, uh, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I need you to be home. And then we went to counseling, and the counselor taught us, like, anytime you have a long stint away, when you get back, set aside a time that you have to spend, not on the road, with each other. So that became, okay, if I do a three-month tour a month, I have to be home. I cannot book the tour that goes on beyond uh, this time that we've set. So once I get home, it's a month together. Whatever we want to do, we do. And then, you know, I plan something else. Now, that's when I was touring. Now it's a little bit easier because, you know, I'm blessed to not have to live the normal life that everybody else lives. I get up five in the morning. I hit the gym for an hour um, and a half to two hours. I come home. I do my work, whether it's podcasting, whether it's write a song, whether it's record. I'm usually done with my day by 12 or 1. My wife is just getting started at like 9 or 10. So I'm always available to my wife. I always check in with her at the beginning of every day. I just did it today. Hey, what's your day look like today? Do you do you want me to be available for anything? Or what's your day like, look like tomorrow? Would you like me to be available for anything? Uh, do you want to hang out? Anything you want, I'm available. Let me know. And then she'll tell me her schedule. Well, I got this and this and this tomorrow, so tomorrow I'm going to be off. And I'm like, cool. Then I make my own plans. All right, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. And I do everything, I, you know, I do whatever I want on my own. But I've learned to just check in and make myself available. Uh, I understand that she's incredibly, she's more busy than I am to a degree. Like, her job takes her on the road and she doesn't, she doesn't, um, I love juggling multiple things, whereas she does not. So it takes her a long time to get through her day, like when she has a to-do list. Whereas, like I said, I'm done by 12 because I just attack it. 
So it's been that is I learned how to balance it in that way. Just, just it's simple. Hey, I'm available. You want to go on a date? Anything you want? I'm here. Let's do it. I would plan a lot more, but we kind of do what we do based on how she feels after her work day. Well, I love that you say that, man. Well, because that just says how much y'all communicate and y'all are connected because you do check in with her, but you also have to check in with yourself to make sure you're in the right mindset before you even approaching her with questions. And I feel like that's what relationships are built on. What if it's a spiritual relationship or, or a romantic relationship? If it's a work relationship, we have to do those those daily check-ins. And then just also making sure that once we check in that we we are okay with the decision we made after. And I feel like that's a great thing that y'all schedules are actually different because those differences help you to really be able to have time for her to say, hey, you know what, I know you had a rough day. Do you want to kind of talk about it? Or maybe we can just do something fun where we don't discuss it. Um, I feel like that 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 makes not only a marriage work, but it helps you to connect with her in a different level. And it really helps, you know, like we're lucky. Like I, I tell her all the time, I'm like, babe, we should never complain. We just should never, we come from very poor beginnings. Our, our families are still poor. You know, like we came from nothing. And now we do kind of like whatever we want. You know, if it's like, let's go to Paris next month. Okay, then we go to Paris, you know, or let's go to Dubai. Okay, so we'll go to Dubai. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we kind of live a life where we're like, we can do what we want. So while we're in that phase of our life, we take advantage of each other's work. And so like with her, if she's going to a cool city, I'm going with her. I'm not going to the wax cities. So if she's going to Boston, DC, New York, Seattle, you know, like the cool cities, I tag along. I'm like, all right, I'm going to meet you there. Um, and that's awesome that we're able to do that. Like I, I feel extremely blessed that that is a possibility because I can do my job from anywhere. I can do real estate or music from wherever I go. I and love that. that's been a, that's been beautiful. So that's why I like I don't think I'll ever go back on the road. Not I don't think I know unless some crazy thing happens, which at forty two, one of my songs blow up, and, and now there's this chance to go on the road. Maybe I'll think about it, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen. So I I'm fully okay with my life of just like being a nomad. I'm in Nashville when I want. I'm in LA when I want. I go back and forth based on just how I feel, what I want to do. I, I love Christmas. I love the fall. So I'm usually in Nashville during that time because it gets cold here and you see the changing of the seasons. And that does a lot to my creativity, to my mentality. Um, and then I head back to LA when it gets warmer, you know? So it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's easy to balance now. It took us a while to get it. Well, I'm glad that you're able to reach this point where you can balance it. And it's, and I think that's great for a creative like you. You need to be able to have that ability to move and to share and to be creative in any setting. And I'm just so grateful that, that y'all have that opportunity. So I do want to ask you a personal question. This is something I ask all my guests. Um, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Manuel? 
I guess this one's easy. I kind of already answered it. One, invest in real estate sooner. Uh, two, um, I would say get get to get to authenticity and not giving a crap what other people think faster. Like get there faster. Because once you recognize that most of the, not most, 99.9% of all things put against you from another person is a projection. It's their hurts, it's their trauma, it's their beliefs, it's their whatever projected onto you. And when you can really understand that, how people treat you or how they think about you says more about them than it says about you. Once I got that caveat, oh my God, everything changed. Everything changed. Online trolls don't mean anything anymore. People's misinformed uh, opinions of me don't mean anything anymore. Nothing means anything anymore. Because I just, I look at what they say and what comes out of them and obviously assess this person doesn't know me. So there's no way that their opinion of me is accurate because they've never spent a day with me. So let me hear what they're saying. And if I can listen with a a humble and loving heart, they're telling me where they're at in life. I just got to listen past the insults, you know, let them just kind of go by me and hear what they're really trying to say. And I feel like that's a superpower, man. I really do. I do these podcasts called Mind of Manny and and there's this series called um, Instagram and Facebook Disagreements. And I literally invite the most vile angry person that's just coming at me just trying to just tear me down and I invite them onto the podcast and we end up having these long conversations and by the end of them we're friends it's insane how you go from somebody like thrashing you saying you're going to hell and that you're not a real Christian or you're whatever or dissing my wife and then at the end of it they're writing her an I'm sorry letter and they're asking me for forgiveness and we're actually friends. Like that's, to me, that's a superpower. And all that is, is listening past what people say, not taking it personal and just listening for, they're telling you who they are and what they're going through by how they speak to you and how they treat you. And that's a crazy thing. So I would tell my younger self, get there quicker to that understanding. Don't waste so much time caring about what people say or think, especially people that aren't in your your actual friendship circle, like the people who really care about you. I love that, Manuel. And I did get an opportunity to see one of those episodes um, that I saw you talking to a guy. And it's just great to see, you know, that transition. Like you said, sometimes it's you can even see in their body language. And as a counselor, I'm trained to kind of really read nonverbal and verbal cues really well. And so sometimes when someone is saying one thing, I know that they're meaning something different. And I always tell myself as a counselor to that my opinion and my thoughts, they are not appropriate in this moment. It's about giving that person the floor because they may have may have never had the opportunity to really speak out their issues or to act it out in a certain way. And whatever it takes for them to get it off of them so that they can feel whole and feel different and find that peace within himself then my job is done because it's not about me and I feel like even with this show I love having different guests I've had some really major artists on here and I've had people who 
you know, from a small town who's just starting out in a career. And it doesn't matter to me. I'm about getting to know the person, not the numbers, because that is not the most important part of this show. This whole show started about wellness and mental health and helping to change lives. And that's what I want the show to continue to be. And so when I talk to people, I'm really about making a genuine friendship and actually getting to know someone's soul and getting to be a part of their journey versus making sure that I'm good. Because if they're not well, then I'm not well. And so I feel like that's a journey that we all take as humans, that we are perfectly imperfect, but we can still learn even in those small, minute moments when someone is showing you just a small snippet of their heart. It's not for me to, to judge it or for me to push them in a direction. It's just for me to sit there and allow them to be themselves. And if they choose that that's not the road they want to go on, then I can humbly support them in whatever they're choosing. And then they can know that they have a friend in me if they can't find in anyone else. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's as simple as this. Whenever I get in contentious moments online with people, they really think that I'm like trying to argue with them. And I'm really just trying to get them to see that I am not who they think I am. And, the, and whenever I get them on the show, they are ready for me to just fight. They think I'm going to argue because all the tone that they're getting from my responses, they're taking it as negative as as hateful and they really think i'm trying to come after them and i'm like i read that's the first thing i do on these show on these episodes is i read our conversation online and i'm like i'm gonna read you the conversation how i meant it i'm not gonna read yours with any more attitude but i, I get to read mine exactly how i meant it because i know you took it in a negative way so what i I make sure when I get these people on, my only objective is to show them that I love them. That's it. That's my one and only objective. They get on thinking that I'm just going to argue and I'm going to try to be right. And for me, I no longer want to be right. I want to be in right standing with people. That's a difference. Being right, you can be right all day long and have a thousand enemies. Being in right standing means you can... You can believe that your way is better, but the most important thing about a relationship or a friendship is that other person knowing that you love them, even if they disagree with you, because it's okay. You don't have to think the way I think. What I think will allow you to really see whether I'm right or you're wrong is how my life turns out. So I don't have to convince you that I know about this or that. I can tell you my advice. You can tell me yours. And we will see whose uh, process wins, like whose plays out in success. And then you can go to one another because there's not that uh, offense and be like, well, how'd you do it? You know, before I didn't think you knew what you were doing, but now you know what you're doing. Like, I see it. Like, you're walking it out. I'd love some advice. And it's, that's happened before. That's happened a, a, a myriad of times. But it's only because I didn't initially offend them with, I'm right, you're wrong. Because if you start there, then it's like that person's going to dig in. And even if they know they're wrong, they will never admit to you that they're wrong because they don't feel safe mm -hmm. with you. So for me, it's not about being right. I don't need to be right. My life will show you if the way I think is right. And if you, if you enjoy my life or if you, if, you, if you see or feel the joy and the happiness and the gratitude of my life, then you can say, hey, whatever this guy does, it's attractive to me. 
I'd love to learn his process. So I let my life do the convincing and my words just do the love. Like I just love, I'm just like, I don't need to be right. It really is not important to me. And I think that's why every one of those episodes ends up in friendship. I did one episode, bro, that was six and a half hours long. Six and a half hours. I did another one that was four and a half hours, multiple three hour ones. Like I spent, and literally these people are like, I never thought you would even talk to me or even see my message or my comment. I didn't think you would ever respond. And now I'm talking to you for six hours. Like, why do you even care? And I'm like, bruh, because when I say I love you or I want to, I want to show you that I'm, that I'm more than what you think I am. And I, and and even more so, I want to show you how you're processing these things. Like, I mean it. It's important for me to get you to the place where it's okay if we don't agree, but it's not okay that we treat each other this way. It's not okay. Exactly. And since then, none of these people have ever come onto my page and left another single negative comment. And I haven't seen them even, they're like, I haven't left a comment negative on anybody's page. They just kind of changed up the way they do things. I'm like, whoa, like that's real change. Like that's real change. And all it takes is me just giving up some of my time. So I love that. That's good. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. Well, I think that's something we all need to hear um, because I think a lot of times we get consumed in negative ways of thinking and responding. But I feel like you saying it that way is going to help so many people kind of sit back and think before they speak, hopefully. So, Manuel, before we end, I have two more questions. I'm going to combine these last two. So the first question Mm -hmm. is, how can our listeners find you online? And the second part of that question is, What's next for you? If there's anything you want to plug that you're working on that you want to share with us? Well, you can find me on all the socials under Manuel, which is spelled M-A-N-W-E-L-L. Like this man is doing well. Um, You can find me everywhere from that. And that's how you can find my podcast too. My podcast is Nights at the Round Table spelled N-I-G-H-T-S. That came from all the late nights me and my friends would have wine and break bread and have these amazing conversations so we continue in the spirit of that um but yeah find me at manuel uh reyes with a little blue check i'll be that guy uh and you can find everything from my personal page and uh yeah what i'm doing next i mean i'd love for people to check out the podcast i if you need or want coaching and you know that's an option too i don't really promote it too much because i'm super picky with who i want to coach but I'm open to having any conversations and uh, yeah, man, moving forward with this real estate thing. It's a big deal. That's how I chose to create my wealth, which is real estate. And that's kind of how I feel like I'm going to grow it into this empire. So that's what's next for me and uh, continuing to write these songs for these, uh, the sync music that I do, which is just movie um, music for TV and film and stuff i'm about to actually tomorrow the nfl has this uh campaign with their merchandising and my song they're using my song for the background of it and um 
yeah so you can find all my music like if you go to my instagram page you'll see all the placements that i've had so just staying in that lane bruh music and real estate music and real estate and podcast that'll be a next your next hot song music and real estate music and, <laughs> i'm just trying to teach people bro i'm trying to teach people well, man, man, well, I really love your music and I love your story and I'm so happy for you and your wife and all the amazing things that she's doing as well. If you want to plug her as well, I know most people probably already have heard of her already, but if you want to share her Instagram and I know she has a book that's out as well. Um, yeah, Angela Johnson spelled A-N-J-E-L-A-H. She got real popular. She created this character Bum Quickly on Mad TV that blew up. And then she did this nail salon skit that blew up on YouTube. So she's been a touring comedian ever since as well as an actress, but Angela Johnson Reyes, A-N-J-E-L-A-H. Once you put in the A-N-J, she pops right up. She's she's kind of a big deal. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm so proud of that little girl. It's, it's amazing. She's a, she's, I look up to her so much. I really, really do. You know, and that doesn't hurt my masculinity at all. I just, I'm a fan of, of who she is as a person. Well, if she's anything like you are, man, well, y'all both are not only amazing human beings, but y'all really do care about changing this world. One, one song, one tour at a time, one, you know, interaction. Y'all are doing some great things. And I'm just grateful that you gave your time to talk with me and to be on this show. And I just thank you for all that you're doing and just keep doing all the amazing things you're, you're doing for this. so many people who may not even know that you've helped them. You, I think today this is going to be a great message for someone to listen to. And I think they're going to gain a lot of insight from you. I, I hope so, bro. I'm looking forward to any, any messages that I get from it. It'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you, Manuel, for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, man. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your evening and I will talk with you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. Later, brother. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,